hope. Hope is something that um, we truly understand. Hope is when you see people hugging in the um, in the aisles. Hope is asking people, um, "How did you do?" Hope is hugging people's necks when they say they did not fare very well. Hope. Hope is something that we feel, that we felt in here. I mean, look at the people that are here. And the people you don't even see that are outside, hundreds of people that are just here because of hope. Because of what you've done, not in here, but outside the walls of this church. Many of you, hundreds of you, have provided hope to people when they have none. And you've been in homes that have that desperation, and then when you leave, and all they can say is truly nothing, and they hug your necks and say thank you, and that they'll never be able to repay for what each of you have done. So on behalf of our pastor and our staff, and our church family, because we're all one, we say thank you. We say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Each of you truly have been the hands and feet of Jesus this whole week. And some of you might be thinking that if I wasn't a part of a mud out team, I really wasn't important. Oh, that's the farthest from the truth. Can you think about all of the hundreds, I mean thousands of meals that have been given, that each of you have given from your home, every piece of clothing that you've washed because someone needed it, because of the hugs that you've given when you can't do it, the people that have been praying, it's, it takes everybody, every person has a part in what we're doing. And so when you feel like that you are minuscule or that you're not making a part, will you please remember that you are? You are making a difference, every one of us. But let's, let's, let's face it, we are not through. We are not done. We have a long way to go. And in just a minute, you're going to be hearing some ways that we can get involved and more involved in how we can help our community because we want to take our hugs and our concern outside the walls of this church. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're mobilizing, we're going out, and you'll hear more ways in how you can do that. I also want to say a special thank you to all of our iConnect Bible study classes. If you're new to our church, iConnect means Sunday school. That's our fancy word for Sunday school. There are 46 of them. Y'all have blown it out of the park. Blown out of the park. You've hit it out of the park. You have just, iConnect is structured so that we can go, we can go do these things, okay? We connect with God with others, we grow, and then we go serve and we go tell, and that's what you're doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're not a part of an iConnect, this is the perfect time to do it because you can learn people's names, you can know who they are, and you can get involved. And the last thing I want to say is Romans 15, 13. And this is Jesus speaking straight to us. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thank you, Brother Wes. My name is Pastor Roy Gell, and I am the Spanish language pastor here at Sagemont Church and former missions pastor here at Sagemont Church. I want to be the first to say thank you, thank you, thank you, Pastor Brother John, for being such a great pastor leader of our church family. 
Thank you. Thank you. We love you. We love you. We love you, Pastor. I want to say welcome to Sageman in Espanol. We normally have a Spanish language service at 11 o'clock in the HRA. It's not usable today. We wanted to be together as a family. And I want to thank our family of faith for coming together during this difficult time. Patsy and I were married in 1983, and three months after we were married, we, we lost our, our home to Alicia. I think that's what it was called, Alicia, during those days. And we've gone through many storms. We came to Sagemont some years later after we had said goodbye to our oldest son, Stephen, who is now with the Lord. And we came here to Sagemont to heal. We came here to Sagemont because it was a safe place to hurt and to heal. And we were taken in by this church and by this pastor who put his arm around me and said, it's going to be okay. And since I've been here on staff, God has used our ministry to reach out to this community, our Spanish language community. We now have 18 different Spanish-speaking countries represented at Sagemont in Espanol, and we are reaching the Hispanic community at Sagemont Church. And I just, in the words of our executive pastor, Chuck Snyder, who reminded me just a few moments ago, he says, Roy, he says, I don't believe that we will ever have another time like this in our lifetime when we can reach our community for Jesus. So keep on keeping on. God bless you. God continue to use you to be his hands and his feet in this community and across the world. And I want to thank you. Thank you for being such a wonderful church family to us. May God bless you and continue to use us here at Sagemont. Amen. Thank you, Roy. Thank you, Wes. My name is Wade Owens. I'm one of the teaching pastors here. I normally preach at 9.30 and 11.15 in the hall. It is unusable today, but our hearts wanted to be in this room with you. I also lead our missions program here. Grew up at this church, was saved and called the ministry here. And pastor has asked that I begin some of our teaching time here with just sharing from my heart and also as the missions pastor here, giving you a charge moving into the future, and I think Wes said it well, is that our hearts are broken for our city, but our hope is unshakable. And I'm here to tell you, church, that God is most glorified. God is seen as most beautiful and most glorious and most worthy. When anything and everything has gone wrong in your life, and you testify to the world that He is enough. That you say to the world, I love Jesus now more than ever, and he is more near to me now than ever before. A light that shines in the midst of darkness is attractable, and it is seen as beautiful. And what we've learned this week is that God is not a refuge from a storm. He is our refuge in the storm. And we're seeing it lived out in lives every week, and every sorrow that has been hit from this storm in this room is a story. And every story in this room matters to us and it matters to our King. Did you know that some of the greatest worship songs that have ever been sung have been written from the greatest sorrow? 
And it might just be that the greatest testimony that this church ever knows erupts right now from the greatest trial our neighborhood has ever seen. And what I love about the faith that we have as believers is that you and I in the midst of difficulty right now don't fight for victory. We're fighting from victory. We fight standing with a risen king. We fight standing with the word of God and the promises that we have. So you and I fight from victory. And I know that we grab for answers, but I love what God told Job throughout all of it. He never gave him answers, but at the end of the book, he, Job said, I used to know of you, but now I've seen you. And I believe God is going to use this time right now for our city to get a fresh view of him. I've told the contemporary service many times that my favorite TV preachers are Chip and Joanna. Have y'all seen them? <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about? So when I watch Chip and Joanna, um, anybody been living on a rock and not seen Chip and Joanna? <laughs> when they go into a home and they show them the homes, how many people on the TV show when they first walk in are excited about what they see? And if you were to only watch the first 10 minutes of that show, you would not consider it a success, would you? You would turn it off and you would say, not only was there brokenness, but you came in and tore it up. Walls are torn down. Floors are removed. You're over budget. What are you doing? If the show ended 10 minutes in, no one would be driving to Waco to go see their store. <laughs> but the show doesn't end 10 minutes in, does it? And those houses don't stay the way that they begun, did they? See, someone came in and said, life can begin here again. Hope can be restored here again. So we're not going to judge God based on a work halfway done. And our city is going to see that life can begin again. And church, God is going to use us to bring that hope. God is going to use us to bring in that restoration. God is going to use us to be a movement of God in our city. And when we think about all of the things that make our church great, if you were to write down a definition of what makes a great church, some of you would say great preaching, great worship, great kids ministry, great student ministry, all of those things are good. But what makes a great church is a distinctive impact on its city. A distinctive gospel impact on its city. Let me ask you a question during my time, and I'm almost done. Imagine with me right now, if at the end of this week, Sagemont Church just disappeared. Would your lives be affected? Sure, in some ways. Would it change your schedule? Sure, you'd be somewhere different next week at 9.30, right? But here's the question. If Sagemont Church and everything that it is and all that it does just disappeared, would our city grieve its absence? Would our city after the next week, if we just disappeared, even knew that we were gone. I'm saying from what I've seen this week, if we continue to be living proof of a loving God, if this church ever disappeared, our city should grieve. There's a preacher by the name of Charles Spurgeon. Any of you ever heard of him? 
he had a church called the London Tabernacle, and they would have so many people come to their church that once a month or once a quarter, they would tell people to stay home just so that new people could show up. And many said it was because Charles Spurgeon was the greatest preacher of his day. And he was. He could preach the paint off the walls. Like, that was great. But it wasn't just his preaching that attracted people to that church. It was the ministry of that church Monday through Saturday. That church was so on fire for their king and ministering to the orphans and the widows and the lost in their neighborhoods. It was the ministry of London Tabernacle Sunday afternoon through Saturday that drew people to Jesus by the thousands. And what I'm saying to you as a church right now is we have that opportunity in our lives. We have that opportunity before us. And for those of you who are here and your lives have been impacted and your homes have been destroyed and your lives have been turned upside down, you need to know we love you. And you need to know we care about you. And you need to know that we're here to serve you. But for those of us who have been unimpacted so far by the storm, it's our time to rise up and shine. And I've seen it this week. I've served with some of the best people on earth. I showed up at a home, our fourth home yesterday, and I walked into the driveway, and there were two ladies. I'm not going to tell you their age. I will only say they were vintage. <laughs> but we walked up, and they were trying to clear out a house yesterday afternoon that no one had touched. It was their home. It was unimaginable. And I walked up, I said, hey, you don't know me, but our church knows you. My name is Wade Owens, and if you'll allow us, in about five minutes, there's going to be about 20 young men that will come in here and clean your house out for you. And she just started crying. She said, I was just saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. In fact, I think I can't unless something happens. Two minutes later, I walk in her driveway. Ten minutes later, 20 men show up. An hour and a half later, her home is now ready for restoration. That story is multiplied over and over and over and over and over again. Sagemont, you are the church. This building is not the church. You are the church. And history says that a generation has a 30 to 50 year window where they can make their mark. For the last 50 years, Pastor, you've made a mark. For the next 50, for the next 50, let's make another mark. And it begins this week. It begins today. It begins with you and I rising up and saying, we are gonna make a difference in our city. Amen? Amen? So we have ways for you to do that. Jim Hastings is going to come, and he's going to share with you exactly how you can begin to come and partner with us and make a difference. We love you. Let's go give him Jesus. We've got a little clip that we want to show you, a little video. Starts off with our logo, Everyone Matters, Sagemont Serves. I want you to look up the screen. But while we're looking at the screen, I want, I want to ask you to do something. If you brought a, some supply, food, cleaning supplies, groceries, 
anything like that, or you were a volunteer who signed up and helped and came down and did a house or something like that, I want everybody who's done something already to stand. Would you just stand? If you did something, if you brought stuff, everybody. Look around, folks. Look around. Thank you. You may be seated. Look back up at the screens as we continue on with that. We were able to do what you're seeing happening in just a couple of minutes. That's all we've got, just a couple of minutes up there. We were able to do that because of you, because of you who gave. What a wonderful thing we did in three days, three days. But I must tell you, we still have a few things we need to do and we're not over with yet. Uh, many of you um, were uh, brought supplies and food. You know, I teach a Bible study class two, two times every Sunday morning, and I never, ever go teach anybody without handing out notes. So I hope you picked up your notes when you came in the door. This so if you got with this piece of paper, this is important. This is your notes that I've given to you. One side, it says food and supplies. After five 18-wheelers and everything that you brought, we are almost empty across the street right now. We're almost empty. And in fact, there's an 18-wheeler parked over there right now that I'm going to leave and go open the door so they can unload it as soon as I get through here. But I'll be back over here because I want to hear Brother John. So I'm going to open the door and come back over here. Since so it's 18-wheeler, there's, there's um, 43,000 pounds of water that has just come out of Kentucky that is going to be unloaded over there. Uh, thank you, preacher. We didn't need that. <laughs> it, out of Kentucky, you have to worry what they have inside that water if it comes out of Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, my. Folks, I want you to look at this list. And today and tomorrow and Tuesday... We need to fill up again, please. Go get what you can afford. Don't spend what you cannot afford, but please, 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 let's do it again. Now, on the back side of your notes, class, I'm glad I have a class today. I'll count these in my number. Count all of you. It says tools to mud out. As the preacher said, we've done, completed 177 homes thanks to all of our iConnect classes. If you are not part of a Bible study class and all you do is come to worship, you are missing out on the, one of the greatest blessings that you can have to study God's Word and learn what He loves and what He dislikes because it's all in the Bible. The Bible tells us everything that's good in this world, and it also tells us everything that's bad in this world so that we know what God likes and what he approves of and what he disapproves of. And we learn those things in our Bible study classes. I hope you join them because it's in those Bible study classes where we let the word out and classes got together and start, started taking care of homes. I have 41 homes as of right now as of 6 o'clock last night, to finish everything we have on our list. I need 41 teams to form right now. Right now. I'm fixing to tell you how to do it. 41 teams. 
in this congregation, I need 41 men to stand up and say, I will be a team leader to take a group to handle one of the houses. 41 men stand up right now. Say, I will be a team leader. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. Wave your hand if you're standing. 26, 27, 28, 29. Yes. How many? Go count them, John Mark. What are you doing? Come here. <laughs> Run faster. If the Lord would have given him longer legs, it'd already be back. <laughs> yes. Do what? I got people up top. Okay, now here's the deal. Everybody look around those people, and I need 10 to 15 people to look and go to one or to contact one of these leaders right here. Look at them. Choose the one you want, okay? Everybody choose the one you want. 10 to 15 people. I want you to stand up right now and point at them. Stand up right now and point at them. Stand up means stand up and point at them. Okay, every team leader, start counting off. Start counting off. We need 10 to 15 people to go in. You need at least 10. Everybody got it? Stand up, folks, if you're going to volunteer. Stand up. Stand up and look at your team leader. You're going to need to find your team leader right after church so that you can get your instructions, okay? So make sure you know what he looks like. You might want to smell him now because... When you come back from the house, he will not smell the same. All right. Stand, sit down a minute. Team leaders, sit down. Team leaders, out on the red tables that are in the foyer, I have 41 houses, 41 sheets with information. I want you to go out after service and gather your group as a team outside the door Tell everybody where you're going to go right after service. Then I want just the team leader to go over to the table and get an assignment. And I want you to come back to your team. I want you to all exchange phone numbers. I want you to decide what time today or tomorrow that you're going to go do the house. And then I want you to not come to the church I want you to decide and either meet here and carpool from here, or I want you to go and do the house and meet there. You follow me? Teams, I do not want you to come here. I want you to decide today where you're going to go and uh, how to get there and when to meet there, and I want you to go and I want you to do that house. Now, I also have notes for that. The second page on the little packets, team leaders, is your instructions on what to do with your team, forming your team, what you do at the house, and also requirements that are required by FEMA and insurance. 11.15 uh, last night, I received a phone call from FEMA. 11.15. I was still here at 11.15 last night, by the way. 
And so, don't, no, 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 that's okay. Just getting work done for y'all, okay. And so after they got through asking what they were asking of me, I just said, well, 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 wait a minute. You're not getting off the phone that fast. And I said, I need some clarity on what to do with these houses because I'm getting different information. So teams, if you get a house that has this little note attached to it, that means that house has insurance and this little note tells you what to do that was different than what's on the bottom of this note. This says a house that has insurance, this is what you do for flood insurance and the adjuster and how to take care of that house. All righty, we got our teams? Okay, one last thing. One last thing. I'm glad Wes was the one who started to almost cry up here because it's been tough. Some of y'all were there yesterday when I was getting instruction. I was flipping through those houses and saying, Lord, Lord, how are we ever going to get this done? But my favorite verse is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I'm going to give you one example of how the Lord has been providing. We've not, we've not through our, the church ministry, now we've done it out of your pockets, we've spent money, but not out of the church money. We've not spent a penny yet. Not spend a penny. All this has been done not, not out of the church budget or anything yet. It's been done out of your gratefulness that of what you've done and brought to us. But here's one example. Here's one example of how the Lord is handling things. And I could give you 100,000 almost right now. That's an exaggeration. I am kind of a preacher, so we do exaggerate every once in a while. But here's what happened. We had food come in. And they came to me yesterday and said, we don't have any forks. And I thought, we're ready to eat, and we don't have any forks. We got to have forks, they said. I said, I will go find some forks. I walked out of the snack bar across the street, and a person walked in the front door with a box of forks this wide, this long, and this deep, 500 forks. I took the box. Where are these for? Are these for giving? No, you can use them for anything. I said, thank you, Lord. We needed them. Walked right back in and said, Lord is blessed. Here's your forks. <laughs> the Lord takes care of us, I promise you. Sometimes we rush in when we need to wait on him. Fortunately, he was ahead of me on that one. Now, let me tell you one thing about food. We've already had our health food, health inspector uh, inspection. Our, the health department has already visited us, okay? And lo and behold, we were ready for this. I knew it was coming, but I just wasn't expecting it ye- day before yesterday, okay? We passed with flying colors, 100%. But sh- she did warn us of one thing. I know all of you want to make food and you want to bring it at your home. They will not allow us to do that. All the food has to be prepared in our kitchen across the street that is fed to folks. So I, I know that some of y'all are wonderful cooks, but please do not bring it up, food up from us. If they come up here and have fine food that's not time, date, stamped, and everything with all the ingredients and all of that, we're in trouble. If they happen, when they're going to come back, they will come back. They will do a surprise check on us again. So all our food has to be prepared in the building across the street for all those. Now listen, also, all those, those, those of you who are volunteered today, tomorrow, or whatever, and those of you who are going out on the houses to work on the cruise, all of you who stood up, I've got a great thing for you. I want you to come tomorrow at 4.30 because we have an award-winning 
Cajun team from Jefferson Baptist Church out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, who is coming to fix jambalaya for y'all. So 700 of y'all can come and fix that food. They're preparing everything and bringing it. Lord bless you. Preacher, it is a joy to serve with you. Come on up here. We have a saying across the street. You know, in the Bible, Paul said to everybody, if you don't know how to be like Jesus, imitate me. Paul said, imitate me because I'm imitating Christ. And you will eventually be imitating Christ because you're following my model. That's what we have to do. We have this thing called WWJD, what would Jesus do? We've changed that around. It's what would Brother John do? Because that's what Jesus would do. Preacher, thank you so much. Oh, yes. If you still need your house clean, send us an email to helpinghands at sagemontchurch.org. We'll start that up again, and I'll send notes out. If you've not receiving our email notes, please go to our website under the word contact and sign up for the Helping Hands newsletter. I need you to do that so that you can continue to help us. By the way, also, are you going to do the thing for this afternoon for the, the, the floors? The, for the floors? Yes. You're, you going to do that? You want me to do that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Now, I'm not part of this. But this afternoon at 2 o'clock, uh, you know how we do our, our landscaping out, outside and we save thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars? We need, uh, say, 100 to 150 of y'all to just show up. God will provide, I promise you. He's tugging on your heart. Because we need for the Lord to tug on your heart so you can show up down in our hall in our old preschool wing and in the original worship center and back in our offices. The Lord's going to tug on your heart so you can tug on some carpet to get it up and save us hundreds of thousands of dollars in the cleanup. Two o'clock this afternoon on that end of the building. Believe me, when you pull up in that parking lot, you'll know where to go. Just follow the smell. Preacher. Thank Dr. Jim for all of the hours, probably 18 hours a day, and all of our volunteers. Whew. I know that um, some of you are here from out of town that have come to help us, and thank you for being here to worship with us this morning. I want you, uh, every one of you that have had a loss in your house, to stand, would you? Those of you that suffered damage from the storm, would you stand first? Would you stand? Would you stand, okay? Everyone that had damage in your home, would you stand? Think it over. Have you been home recently? You might want to see. It may be up to here when you get there. Now then, all the rest of us, I want you to look around right where you are. And before you move in a few moments when we leave, you make sure that every one of these people get a word, a look, and a touch and see if there's anything you can do for them. And if it's bigger than what you can do, then you let us know so we can join to help it get done, okay? We don't want no one to fall through the cracks, okay? So if we can help you, we want to do so, all right? God bless you, and thank you for your love for the Lord and your being here today. <clears throat> If we could just take time, all of us, to 
tell stories, we'd be here forever and ever and ever. But the time will come for that. I just want to tell you one real quick story that's the most uh, amazing one for me personally and those that were here, and it involves not just Sagemont Church, it involves uh, the entire community. Uh, I know that Marie Fleckinger is here for those of us who live in the South Belt area. Now, Marie is one of my uh, very favorite people. She is very, very devout Catholic. She is over there asking forgiveness for being in a Baptist church today. And, uh, uh, but I, I, I am on her list of favorite uh, priests or fathers or pastors or whatever they call us, brothers in Christ. But Marie, I want to thank you. This girl has gone 20 hours a day for a long, long time this week. Would you stand, Marie? I just want to thank you for your help and brought the president out here yesterday. And we just love you, okay? She doesn't want anything to fall through the cracks with any of us. Here's the story involves a whole community. I was standing in front of the annex. There were hundreds of people over there. Some were getting groceries. Some were bringing groceries. And I looked towards Beamer, and here comes the National Guard. Two Black Hawk helicopters. Boom, 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 boom. You could hear them way over here. I said, oh, my goodness. What in the world is going on? And uh, by the way, this is the National Guard coming by the cross. Don't you think that's pretty good? Is that not good, God and country? Uh, so I'm looking from the annex down at Beamer, and here comes those Black Hawk helicopters. I said, wonder what they're out here for. Well, they're pretty high, but they start dropping and start dropping. And they start coming over Sagemont right towards the cross. And they land in the parking lot. So I jumped in the truck, came around, went around the building, went out there with one of our security men. He was in full uniform. That's our police officers. And he got out, and the soldiers were getting out of the helicopter. And in one of those helicopters was a lady that lives in Santa Fe who went to Laporte to help her dad survive the storm. While she was with her dad and got him to where he was dry and okay, she got back in her car, but she left her cell phone at her father's house. Well, in that she got from Santa Fe to Laporte, doesn't it make sense you can get back from Laporte to Santa Fe, just take the same road? Well, not after you were gone three hours, because she drove into an incredible, tragic area and this lady had been in that, in that car for three days. Three days. She had with her a dog about this long. I call them weenie dogs. Some of you call them dash hounds. Uh, maybe the ugliest dog I ever saw. But anyway. <laughs> I knew it wouldn't point birds for you hunters. I knew it was no good for that. But anyway, she had this dog, and uh, they helped her get out, but it was, she was very, very feeble at the time because her medication had, had uh, wore out. And these soldiers got out and said to us, could you get her to the hospital? They were not prepared in order, where do you go? And so she got in the back of my truck, and John helped her get in, and we headed over to Southeast Memorial Hospital. I don't know what you know about that hospital, good, bad, ugly, but you just forget it for just a moment, okay? John went into the uh, hospital, and uh, of course he was dressed right to get some attention. Uh, I was not dressed right. I didn't have time to tell uh, 
uh, my story, you know, of all that grandiose mess, but whatever. <laughs> I said, you go get them. So I'm sitting there with her. She's just mumbling. And uh, he comes out with a head nurse. And uh, the only difference, he was almost dressed like the policeman, except he had a stethoscope. But he came out to the car. There were cars everywhere, people going in. And he came out to the car, and uh, he said, ma'am, I'm the, the, the nurse here at the, at the hospital. What kind of medications are you on? And she could just very mum, she could just mumble. I couldn't tell what she was saying. But he said to me, he said, I think we have some of that medicine here. And since she told me what she's on, I'm okay to give it to her. So he gave her some medicine. And then his assistant nurse came out and uh, said, well, we've got to get her to the NRG. Can you get her to the NRG? And we said, we'll figure out a way to get her to the NRG. And so she said, well, wait a minute, I've got an idea. And she went back in and I said, I need to get the lady some food. Well, Whataburger was closed. And uh, <laughs> so I thought maybe I could go inside to uh, the emergency room and there'd be one of those candy machines, you know, one of those uh, vending machines. And so I pulled $5 out of my pocket and I was ready to hit that machine if it was there. And the man that fills the machine was there. He had boxes everywhere. And I said, well, here's $5. I got a lady in my truck, hadn't eaten in three days. And uh, I would just like, uh, uh, you know, what can I get? He said, put your $5 in your billfold and get anything you want. So I've always wanted to do that. So, <laughs> so, so I got two honey buns and two of those hostess black Cupcakes with a little swoogie on it. Okay, now, now hang on, it's not, it's not gonna go much longer. And so I brought it out to her and I tried to open it. Well, I was so weak I couldn't open it, so I just stuck it in my mouth. Now, I thought that, that probably wasn't good hygiene, but it didn't seem to matter to her. So I, I tore it open and I gave it to her and she, she took it quickly and just stuck it in her mouth. And she chewed about twice and she swallowed. And then she put another big part in her mouth. And she chewed a couple of times and she swallowed. Now here's the reason for my story. And she stopped. And she carefully rolled that, that uh, honey bun around in that plastic wrapping and took off a piece about this big and gave it to her dog. Now I gotta confess my sins. <laughs> if that had been my dog, I hope you know where I'm going with this story. <laughs> if that had been my dog, if there would have been that much left that I thought I could spare at the end, <laughs> I might slip him one. But it was saying to me how the Spirit of God works even when you're in tragedy, when you love. Behold how they love one another, even their dogs. Well, we got her. To the, to the NRG, and uh, I'm going to call her tomorrow. And I told her, I said, if you don't call me by Monday, I'm going to call you. Uh, but I, I just want to tell that story. I told this to Marie Fleckinger and her reporter yesterday. This is where we live, folks. We live in a place where the president came this week and walked the streets. In fact, this couple right over here, the hogs, they're on CNN. Oh, gosh. And David, I'm sure glad you had that Texas Tech shirt on instead of a Baylor shirt, the way you acted. <laughs> I'm telling you. But, folks, we're family, are we not? Yeah. 
we're Catholics, Baptists, red, yellow, black, and white, young and old, some own dogs, some don't, you know. But behold how we love one another. Now let me give you one other thing. This is a God thing. I found out yesterday that where I'd stored a lot of sermons <clears throat> was in the hall, which was four foot lower than where my office is. And they said, oh, forgot, but your file's over there. What well, had been there for all these days. <clears throat> so they went over and brought it into my office. And the first thing that I, and th this is dried out now, but I don't know if the camera, if I hold this tight, but those of you that are down at the front, I, I want you to see this, this piece of paper. Can you see it? Can you tell? Can you see all the marks on it? Okay, are you ready for this? Here's the title of the message I preached on January the 26th, 1997, when the storm comes. So this is my outline for the message that'll last about three minutes, okay? <laughs> I say, coincidence? No, I think the Lord says, you know, from 1997, 30 years later, you may need something quick because I hadn't had time to study it this week, all right? And so the Lord said, here's your old wet outline, so see what you say here. Can I summarize it? Here's what I want us to go home with today. We've got, a, we've got a, a visual sermon in this community that would be better than anything anybody could say. The book of Isaiah says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. Now listen to me carefully. As you leave this building in a few moments, I don't care which direction you go, I want you to look at all of the stuff that people have paid for some of them two or three times because they use credit cards and pay 18% interest and they got all of their stuff. And that stuff is junk. Amen. But that's not your home. We're seeing homes come together. We're seeing kinfolks get together that are coming from the other side of the world to get with their family. Folks, the hope of the world is for us to be a family and to be the family of God, to where we love as God loves. And our young people, our teenagers, and our children need to see as they prepare to just buy junk and stuff and forsake their family to get back with them. And we've seen it over and over again. There's nothing like seeing an 8-year-old, an 18-year-old, and a 50-year-old father, son, and grandson working together to clean a house and loving each other in ways that some have not loved in a long, long time. Young people, the word, life does not consist in the things that you possess. Life consists on the relationships you make. And the most important relationship is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, He's not looking for the educated. He's not looking for the rich and famous. He's looking for whosoever will to trust him and to know, as the Bible says, that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord. We must learn from this. We've had some other storms in Sagemont just right here, but nothing like this in Houston and Texas, and this nation is being warned that another one is coming, bigger than this one on up the East Coast. While the fires burn in California, 
And this nation is being shaken. May God help us get on our knees and fall in love with him. And then we'll fall in love with each other. And then we will find out how we need each other. And we are not to be divided by church denominations or by pocketbooks or color of our skin or the amount of our education or any other way. We are a people, one of a kind. Nobody like any uh, uh, one of us. But we need each other. And you need to be a giver. If you, you say, I sure was lucky. I sure was lucky. You wasn't lucky. You were blessed. And I hope you're happier than those that I think are going to be when they walk in to a different place like Wade was talking about with that extreme makeover. We may have a TV show for this is over. The extreme (laughs) destroyers. We tear it down and they build it. But God wants us to learn something that we can't learn any other way but going through the valley. But it's just a shadow. We're not dead. We're more alive than ever before. And so may God bless our families, your personal family. May God bless our extended family, our church family, our community family, our American family. We're being threatened today, as you know, by world power to destroy our land. But may God see America standing for him and wanting the world to see him, Jesus, not our politics, our Savior and our Lord and our Master, and see it through the lives of his kids, okay? Wouldn't it be great to be accused by the world? Y'all act just like your father. Well, if your father is the father that I'm talking about, you can say, thank you, praise God, thanks to Calvary, thanks for the old rugged cross, and most important, the empty tomb. And by the way, for those of you that are guests, you've seen the cross. Don't leave here until you go by the open tomb. The cross was on Friday. The tomb opened on Sunday. Three days later, it looked bad on Friday, but on Sunday morning, Jesus rose from the grave. And he is alive, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. So let's just stand together and praise him. You've been faithful for a little overrun in time. We're going to start right now. Our, and, and I must say this, this is to the church family. The rest of you go like this, but don't move for just a minute. Our deacons are going to meet in just a few moments. Uh, not a few moments. I believe it's 2 o'clock is our time to meet. We've got some decisions to make. Pray for your deacons this afternoon and your staff. There are requests being made upon our church that are catastrophic requests. And we want to seek the mind of God and the heart of God. Number two, I want you to pray, Sagemont Church family, that our offerings... If you're a guest here, we do not pass the offering plates at Sagemont. We do not sign pledge cards at Sagemont. We just trust God to bless the people. But as you give, remember that the budget of Sagemont, which carries the gospel around the world, is dependent upon us not using those funds in order to do what we know we must do. If we had to, we probably would do that. I'd probably be the choice. But we can't lose home base. We cannot lose the church foundation here to carry the gospel after the storm has passed and the rebuilding has been done. So as you think, Lord, what would you have me to do? If you're going to give a gift, you can give a gift here that I will promise you 1,000% of it, 100% of it, however you want to figure it, 
will go to help these folks. It'll go to help them in the vision to be living proof of loving God to watch your world, okay? So just think about it, pray about it, and don't, and don't think that you can't. You say, silver and gold have I none, but such as have, I'll give. Where do I sign up? I'm ready to do the mud out. I'm ready to get in the groceries and help with that, whatever that is. But if God has blessed you, maybe this is a time to make a special gift to the Lord through your church, okay? Now, if you're here today and you do not know the Lord personally and you want to talk to somebody, any of us will be glad to talk to you. We have a connection lobby back here in the back. It's a private thing. If you want somebody to pray with you, we have a chapel down this hallway. It's dry. Oh, by the way, church family, four of our buildings have flooded, okay? 37,000 square feet on the bottom has flooded, seven inches. So that's a major thing. That's the reason I'm talking to you about pray, serve, give, and all this kind of thing. But we want to pray with you. I plan to stay around all day long. I'm going to go get a bite to eat sometime. <laughs> and then I'm going to be back here. And so our staff's going to be here. Uh, we're here to minister to you. Okay? How many of you still love Jesus? Yeah. Amen? Isn't he all the world to us? He is our everything. So remember how we started this thing. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things on earth will grow what? Strangely dim in the what? The light of his glory and grace. Wouldn't it be great if you lost your house and you found your Savior and you found your extended family? Boy, I'd trade that any day in the world. And we don't have to pay for the life insurance. It's free. It is free and it's eternal. Freeman, Leslie, come up here and stand with me. This guy was going to preach for me today. This is our new minister to our senior adults. This is Freeman Tomlin and Leslie. And the first time I met this guy, he was this long, literally. And his mother and daddy wasn't going to leave him at Sagemont that Sunday because his little baby was crying. And I talked him into leaving him that Sunday morning, and the rest is history. He married one of our beautiful girls, and he now is back home. Uh, great student at Dobie High School, fantastic ministry here. And Freeman... You didn't get to preach, but I'm going to let you preach next Sunday, okay? If you'll lead in a prayer right now, okay? Is that a fair trade-out? It's a good trade. Okay, I don't know which microphone to give you, but try this one. Bill's got one. Oh, over here. Thank you, Bill. All right. Well, let me, let me lead us in prayer. Father, we're, we're so grateful. Uh, for your grace and your love and your mercy. And Lord, we know when the storm hits that you rule above the storms of life. You are so sovereign and you super rule over everything that we think rules us. And so God, we trust you. We thank you for the songs of praise that we have sung today that come from many from broken hearts, others from hearts that are full and God, we just thank you at the foot of the cross. We're all on level ground. We all need a savior. We all need Jesus. And we thank you that we are the church of the living God, that we don't have to come and do church. We are the church. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are living sacrifices. And so we pray 
that we could not just do worship, but we could be worship Monday through Saturday. And when we come together like today, we can just give you all the praise and lift you up. And uh, we know that when you're lifted up, you said you draw all men to yourself. So we thank you that this is not a religious ceremony. It's about a relationship. That's what we've heard today, building relationships. So thank you, Jesus, that you love us. I pray for anybody here that needs to know you as Savior. And Lord, this could be the greatest day of their life in the midst of the storm. So we thank you for the opportunities we have to be a living sacrifice, to serve, serve through us, Lord, love through us, share through us, give through us. We want you to do through us what we could never do on our own. We want to be the servant that you've called us to be because we have the greatest servant living inside of us and we want to express his life to a community so that they can see you. So Father, thank you for personally bringing us home. What a, what a great heritage, what a great legacy. And thank you for the things that we've learned and are going to learn in the future. And we give you all the praise. And everybody said...